God with us. Amen. Thank you for reading that so boldly. That statement is the title of the message, uh, God with us. You know it as the word Emmanuel, probably, right? Emmanuel, translated meaning God with us. If you think about that statement, this is what I, I think we all can for sure bank on. That that statement is going to be challenged in our lives. Time and time again. I think many of us will go into maybe school uh, through the years, especially for these young ones, and they're going to be challenged to say, no, God is not with us. We are not uh, the result of God's intention or creation. We are a result of millions of years or billions of years of evolu Darwinian evolution. And they will be challenged by smart people, scientists, philosophers, from elementary right through the higher education ranks. That God, no, he's not with us. So it's going to be challenged in our schools, right? In our educational system. I think that the phrase God with us is going to be challenged uh, in the workspace, right? Uh, th there will be moments, I think, where we will want to hide the fact that we are people of faith because we, we want to be accepted in certain moments or scenarios. That we're going to feel the pressure of not putting our faith uh, up front uh, because in a certain way it might hinder us from moving up in the ranks. I think it would be challenged by uh, the different people around us, maybe family members who don't believe, friends. Right? And from every angle, I think the phrase God is with us will be pushed back. Right? But in my estimation, I think the greatest pushback of this phrase in our lives will not come from other people. I think the greatest pushback of this phrase is going to come from us, ourselves. Because I think there are seasons where we're going to doubt. Um, it's, it's going to be a down moment, a discouraging moment, a depressing moment in our lives. And we are, are really going to question, God, are you with me? We're going to be asking him. And there's going to be this inkling of faith in us that wants to hang on to that truth and that faith to say, yes, God is with me. But the majority of what we feel in that moment of anxiety or isolation is, wait a minute, God, you can't be here. I don't feel you. And we're going to question that ourselves. And I think one of the biggest pushbacks each and every one of us will feel to this truth that God is with us will actually come from ourselves. From ourselves. Okay. I'll share a few things today. The first is this. First, that God actually walks with us. Walking with us, present with us, active in our lives. Let's go back to this passage that Amos so passionately read for us. Right? If you think about this Christmas story, right, the nativity scene before it gets there into that stable, right? Joseph was a young man. You know, likely in his late teens or early 20s. Don't know his exact age. Mary most definitely was likely a teenager. Okay? And so Joseph is betrothed or engaged, right? Now, engagement in Bible times was very different. It was almost as if you were married. You just didn't consummate it yet. But it was a very, like, you are up there and we are as good as done. We're just not officially in that ceremony part yet. Okay? And so Joseph is betrothed to be with 
marry this, this bride-to-be, and they're going to build a family. And suddenly, something strange happens. I mean, I don't think just because Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit that all of a sudden she was blessed to not have morning sickness, you know. Most likely, she like, felt maybe a little nauseated. Right? Her body was changing physiologically. And maybe she didn't show the bump, but something was off. She wasn't passing her monthly, you know. And as things were changing in her, Joseph noticed, she noticed, and things are like, wait a minute, um... And the question pops up in Joseph's mind. I know we didn't, so who did? Like, can you get into that moment for a second? I mean, that's a hard moment. You don't really think about that at Christmas, right? But that's the scenario that led up to this moment of beautiful Jesus coming with us, right? And so Joseph is in this space that's really between a rock and a hard place. He's like, man, I love this girl. I'm engaged to be married to her, and yet she has been unfaithful to me. It's the question that's just racing through his mind. And he is now thinking, what in the world do I do? I am so frustrated. And can you imagine going from the bliss of engagement to the utter horror of feeling as though this woman had betrayed you? Like, I mean, talk about mood swings for a moment, right? And this is the, the, the preceding occurrence of Christmas, right? And so Joseph, he's wrestling with the fact, man, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And one night, Joseph, however many months into the pregnancy that Mary was, Joseph says, I, 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 just, I can't do it. Um, I'm, I, th I thought I'd be a big enough man to do this, but you know what? I got everybody telling me that I shouldn't marry this girl now. Everybody, I have the right to actually put this woman uh, to death for her unfaithfulness, but um, I love her too much. And in the most quiet way to not disgrace her, I'm just going to send her away. And he comes to that courageous moment, I think. It wasn't a cowering defeat decision. It was one of compassion one of love and sacrifice. He wasn't asserting his right. He was just like, you know what? I just can't do it. Um, she was unfaithful to me. And I just don't know if I could live like this, reminded by this child every single day of our married life. And so he makes a decision. And then in that moment of making that decision, God seeing the, the compassion and the love in his heart, the moment that Joseph was about to walk out, he steps in. Right? He steps in, but he steps in in, in a very common way. He steps in, in in the form of a dream. Joseph is asleep, and he gets a dream that night. Joseph, I know what you're about to do, but don't do it. Why? She's telling the truth. The story that she told you, that an angel visited her, and that she had a child by God, that's actually true. And in this dream, can you imagine him getting up in the middle like, wow. First thing, at least in my estimation, would be like, man, like, did I just fabricate that dream? Like, was my mind overactive at night? 
right? Do I want this so much that I kind of spoke that dream into existence? Have you ever thought about something at night and you dreamt about it, right? Could it have been like that, right? But for Joseph, he gets up from that dream and in the moment he exactly knows that was God's voice because God walks with us. He knew it. That God can give dreams, that God can speak through these visions, and he knew that that word was from the Almighty. Because he believed that God was present and active. Right? That we go about our daily lives experiencing things, talking to people, interfacing in different environments, and all along God is active behind the scenes in every single one of those, but we need to have the eyes to see it. Christmas reminds us that we need to see God behind the scenes. And what you see on the movie screen, I mean, as great as it might look, there is a million other people behind it actually producing it to get on that screen. And in that same way in our lives, we talk to people, we go to work, we go to school, we, we interface with people, and we have to understand that behind those interactions, there is actually a God present, active. Let me give you a simple example. I got leather gloves. You know, you don't need these in Southern California. I, I bought these when we lived in Korea. I'll pull an OJ. This is an OJ Simpson. <laughs> right? Now, oh man, I gained weight, I think. Okay. Well, I don't remember them this tight. Right? And, like, I, I, I put on gloves. And I come over to Amos, and I punch him in the face, let's say. I know. I'd be afraid to do that too, right, because he'd knock me down, right? But let's just say, right? Let's just say, I went over there, and I punched somebody in the face, right? Immediately, you don't say the gloves did it. You don't come and attack and burn the gloves. You don't have this parade or protest against the gloves. You don't discipline the gloves. You go behind it, underneath it. Because you realize that there was a force, a presence, moving the glove. Now that's a simple example, but that's life, isn't it? Somebody comes up against us or comes up for us, takes something away or gives something to us, and you can look at the glove and champion the glove or discipline the glove, but in the end you need to realize actually there was a hand in the glove. That God is active in the dream in the career, in the boss's voice, in our parents, in our siblings. He's active and he's participating and he's speaking and he's doing stuff. But too often we're looking at the glove and we're saying this is what needs to be focused on. But Christmas reminds us behind the baby in the manger, behind Joseph and Mary, there was a God who said, your favored young one. There was a voice of an archangel championing the mission of God, the story of redemption starting. And we can get caught up in a young couple, in a drama unfolding, but what we must see is God moving, that He walks with us. That's really the first thing that I want to say today. The second is this. Walking with God requires faith. Like, I would not have blamed Joseph if he walked away from two things, God and Mary. Like, who would have, right? It's like, I mean, he probably had every right to, to do that, right? But this is where that, that 
faith is required, of if there was anything that would have challenged the doubt in his life on a day-by-day thing, it was that situation, right? Like he wakes up one morning and he feels good about himself. All right, you know what, let's just do this. I can do this. That, God spoke to me and we're going to do this. We're going to get married and we're just going to go forward and build this family. But day two comes by like, oh, I don't know. Day three, all right, I mean, you know what, let's talk myself into this again. Day four, a relative comes. Do you know what you're walking into here? Right? The voices come. That's not your kid. And all of this stuff. And like, okay, you're right, man. And it's not a, a, a one encounter with God. It's a, a walking journey with Him. And this is what requires faith. It's a, it's a day-by-day thing. And there will be moments, many times, where we will not believe because of what our eyes see. Like our eyes see one thing and our mind is going a different direction, right, from what faith is telling us. Right, God's saying, walk this path. And like, wait, it's dangerous. <laughs> like, it's uncertain. There's chasm in front of me. Like, I don't know if I can climb this or cross this. Our eyes will say, go back. Faith will say, go forward. And this is when walking with God requires faith. Who among us will not walk with God when it's easy? But it's those moments where it's challenged and difficult and doubt comes creeping back ever so passionately and just raking at our heart. That's the moment where we really need to clamp down and say, Faith, faith, God is active. He spoke. I will follow through. Christmas reminds us of that. Joseph reminds us of that. And the third thing and last thing that I'll say is walking with God is the best decision I will make in life. You know, if I look at uh, the young ones, the, the boys, you know, and Kate and Callie, if I, if I think about the, the, the years in front of you guys, uh, I mean, we all remember when we were young, right? I mean, how quickly we became old. <laughs> right? So, well, like, I used to think, like, 40 was ancient. Like, those were old folks. Like, I just, I didn't know any, I, I, you can get that old, I thought. <laughs> right? <laughs> and how quickly the years will pass. And the best decision you guys will make is loving and believing in God. That's going to be challenged for all of us, even in adult age, right? But the very best decision we can make is not about what city or home we live in. It's not necessarily about the career path we choose. Those are all important decisions. But the best decision we will make in life is choosing to believe the God of Christmas, the Jesus who invaded the world at that time, who spoke into humanity, who's active behind the scenes, who speaks faith into the lives of the faithful. The best decision we will make in life is following Jesus. There is no other decision that will impact our futures more than that one decision. Other decisions will affect how much money is in the bank, will affect how many people live in our house, will affect the geography of our existence, but nothing else but that decision of believing in Jesus and following after Him will impact our eternity more, will impact our peace of mind, our courage, our strength to encounter obstacles and to overcome them. But that decision is the greatest one. And for Joseph, it was true. Joseph decided to believe in God. 
Joseph decided to hold on to that dream as if it was from him and he lived his life because it was so. And it changed him. Scripture calls him, I mean that's an interesting description, right? Especially in Bible times when uh, the, the, the wife was usually not named and it was always the lineage of the father begat this son and this was the father of that son and it was just the lineage of the husband or the father. Right? But interestingly, the description of Joseph was the husband of Mary. Isn't that great? Like, I don't know, there's something great about that, right? You know, the husband of Mary. You don't find that statement, right? You find that these women were the, the wife of this man. But no, Joseph is described as the husband of Mary. Elevating, really, you know, what Mary's place is in history. But then also the blessing of Joseph. He's a substitute father at best. But he was a great one at that. Right? We've all had substitute teachers, right? They don't really care all that much about if students learn in class that day. You know, they're just there for the day or week or however long the teacher was out of commission. They don't really get in your business or know your name much. But Joseph was a different type of substitute. He was one that says, you know what? I'm actually going to care. I'm going to raise this kid as my own. And you know how we know that? Later on in Jesus' life, when he went back to his hometown called Nazareth, it says that many people were like, whoa, who, how can you do this stuff? You've got so much authority speaking this way. And they spoke a question. You know what they said? Aren't you the carpenter's kid? That's how you know Joseph raised him as his own. He didn't raise Jesus like, oh, not my kid. <laughs> right? He raised him as if he was his own. And everybody in town believed that he was just Joseph's son. That's a great substitute dad. Faith, he walked with God. And walking with God was the best decision he ever made. And so as we look to our families tomorrow, as we look to a new year, these simple points, God is active. Walking with God requires faith. That believing in Jesus will be the best decision we'll make for the new year. May those simple truths stick with us at this time and in the new year. Amen? Amen. Two exit points. Daily look for God's presence in your life. And lastly, live by faith, not by sight.